0: You know Dasher, and Dancer, and Prancer, and Vixen, Comet, and Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. But do you
1: recall the most famous reindeer of all? Welcome to the Advent Calendar House's 50th episode, where after three Decembers of this, it is finally time to address the spotted elephant in the room. It's Christmas Eve, and we're talking about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the 1964 special that put Rankin-Bass on the map and into our hearts. I am ostrich-riding cowboy struggling with an inferiority complex despite being able to outrun a horse, Mike Westfall. And joining me are a couple of my usual misfit pals. First, I'm not saying he's a silver and gold digger, but he's got the beard for it. It's Brandon Medley. Hello, Brandon. Wahoo! (laughs) Hey, everybody. (laughs) Hey. And the aspiring elf dentist to my crimson conked caribou, it's Joey O. Hey, Joey. Hello. Well, friends, do I even need to get into our personal histories with this? It's Rudolph.
2: This is my favorite Christmas special of them all, far none.
0: I don't remember a Christmas that I haven't watched this.
2: Yeah, I think I've seen it at least... 30 times by now yeah like almost every single year as far as i can remember
1: like i can remember christmases before seeing this but they are very few and it's just the first few that i can remember rudolph's been part of my life for almost all my life my personal <coughs> christmas memories begin with john denver and the muppets but rudolph's not too far behind uh does either of you have a specific memory of the first time you saw this or any time that stands out the most? Cause I do not.
2: I've just seen it. Like I said, like every year, um, a friend of mine from high school, like when I was in college, I remember we'd like reference it all the time. And for some reason that became like one of our running jokes is always referencing. No one wants a skinny Santa. Eat,
1: eat. <laughs>
2: Like and also, this is the most quotable. I love when things are quotable, and my wife Erin and I quote this year round. Just like the tiniest, like it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, an inflection of how someone said something, or you know, oh, we we may have ham tonight. Oink 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 <laughs> oink.
0: <laughs> oh, that's.
2: Oh, I got. I need to incorporate that now. Like Any. I I just reference it all year long. Perfect.
0: I, we quote "eat, eat" all the time, and anytime my wife
2: says, "Oh, you look cute," I mean, she thinks I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> I do do that. My too. wife says that too. <laughs> I don't. I
0: I don't remember the. I don't remember the first time seeing this. I remember. I can distinctly remember watching it when I was very young, like preschool age or earlier, toddler hmm. age, maybe. And even then, it feels like it wasn't the first time I was watching it. I just, it's come on TV every year I've been alive, and I just feel like my parents probably set me down from the time I was old enough to sit in front of the TV and watched it. I can't remember a Christmas without it, so.
1: All I remember is one year, Rudolph became my favorite thing about Christmas, so I just watched it just about every day in December. I had a reindeer-shaped stocking from Burger King, of all places, <laughs> that was not Rudolph, but around 1986, Burger King teamed up with Hallmark, who had created this plush uh, yeah. reindeer named Rodney, Rodney, and he had a wife and two kids, and at some point, okay. while they were available at Burger King, these toys had pouches, so they doubled as stockings. Marshupial reindeer, who knew? So I had the Randy, and
0: as okay. an adult, I found the Rodney. Okay. He's on the
1: Christmas tree. (laughs) Hey! Mine was a stocking. My parents probably still have it. But when I got this Rodney reindeer stocking, I cut out a small piece of paper in the shape of a reindeer nose, colored it red with a half-dried-out Crayola marker, and taped it to Rodney's black nose, where it miraculously stayed for years. That's the strongest single piece of Scotch tape I have ever used. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, yeah, this special's good, too. Uh, (laughs) Rudolph began life in 1939 as a promotional gimmick for the department store Montgomery Ward in the form of a story by Robert May, who insisted on finishing it despite losing his wife to cancer earlier that year. Oh. Before giving him a red nose, May almost created Rudolph with large eyes that lit up like headlights, but later decided mean kids would be more likely to make fun of a red nose than big eyes, because they... Be more likely to be terrified of the glowing eyes. In my head, I'm picturing. Have you ever seen the original version of Mr. Snuffleupagus from Sesame Street? Yes,
0: nightmare inducing.
1: He's got angry yellow eyes and just nope. So we could have had Scary Eye Rudolph.
2: Your right, angry all eyes.
1: <laughs> so the song we all know <laughs> was written by Robert May's brother-in-law Johnny Marks and released in 1949 by Gene Autry. This special first aired December 6th, 1964, a Sunday night on NBC as part of the General Electric Fantasy Hour, and produced by what was then Videocraft International, later renamed Rankin Bass Productions. So, it began life on NBC, and it's still distributed by what's now Universal TV, but since the 70s, it's aired exclusively on CBS.
0: (coughs) Yeah, that's what I do. Right now.
1: Until now. Even, <laughs> even the DVD I have
0: has CBS video on it, I'm pretty huh. sure. Interesting. I've upgraded to Blu-ray. My DVDs are in my classroom at school. Good
1: Maybe it's recently been reacquired by Universal TV, because that's just what's in the Wikipedia. So It may have changed Well, yes,
2: as as you just said. As we all know, because obviously this is the end of December, and we've seen it multiple times when we're talking. uh, In May of 2019, it was announced that Freeform will air Rudolph as part of their 25 Days of Christmas lineup for the first time. Non-exclusive rights agreement as CBS retained the broadcast rights, so it'll be on... Um, It it has been, I'm sorry. It has already happened. Uh, been on CBS, but it will also be part of Freeform, which runs its usual mix of holiday specials.
1: It's cable debut on Freeform uh, on December 6th, the 55th anniversary of its debut. But it's not streaming officially anywhere, but it may or may not be hanging out on a certain archive accessible via a certain internet. (laughs)
2: But I I have the 50th anniversary edition anyway, so...
1: Oh, good. So, let's start talking about this, and I did a little bit more of a bullet point format here, but as we open, we meet Sam the Snowman, who is the snowy image and likeness of Burlives. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a talking snowman before? And it's hard to believe a version of this could have existed without this snowman narrator, but Burlives was kind of a later addition to this production.
0: It really ties the whole thing together. Um, Sam the Snowman, like I have an action figure of him that came out in the early 2000s. There was like a whole line of Rudolph ones and him him and the Bumble are the only ones that have really held up well, but I still put them out on my mantle every year. Um, I just love the little, I don't know, there's something about the snowman with the mustache and, and the, and the, um, vest and
1: banjo. It's just very charming. I think I have that same set. Uh, and most of them have survived, but
2: Ooh, can we can we make a side note there about Rudolph merchandise really quick? Yeah, sure. I feel like there wasn't much of it until like 15 years ago. Like growing up, do you remember there being specific toys or no. anything
1: with Rudolph? No, no that's man. very very recent, I think.
2: Yeah, like I have a bunch of stuffed Rudolph characters that were specifically from CVS in, like the I League have
1: those League. too. Yeah. Well, I got them out of from
0: specific. a couple of years ago actually.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, I spoke over you.
0: Mine aren't that old. They're oh. just
2: from like three or four years ago at CVS or Walgreens, Wanda. Okay. Yeah, these are definitely from like 99, 2000-ish, and I have I have the Bumble, I have Yukon, I have Santa, I have Hermie, I have anyone else? I have a Rudolph, but I feel like he's not from then. But I put them out on, the, on, yeah, on like a mantle every year. But after that, like now, it's everything. There's wrapping paper, there's yeah. cards, there's stickers, there's every, like junky Christmas decoration thing you can think of has Rudolph characters on it now. And that's like a thing from the last like five or ten years.
0: Yeah, yeah the same with all of these Christmas movies and specials. You can buy all kinds of junk with them on there now. Oh, yeah. Um, some good, some bad. Um, yeah, the CBS around that same time, They that's where I'm pretty sure about the action figures I had from. They must have had some kind of special promotion with Rudolph that year. Oh, Okay. Because these action figures are pretty good sets, but um, the paint on some of them faded in weird ways. I just broke the Yukon Cornelius today while putting out Christmas stuff. I stepped on it, and his arm broke in half. Can you put Um, him extra
2: with ham hocks and guitar strings?
0: (laughs) Maybe. Some life-sustaining supplies. So
1: yours are action figures? Like,
0: they bend and things? Yeah, well, they're, like, hard plastic. They're about six inches tall. Okay. Um, they have, like, the Rudolph, you put little, you pressed his tail down, and at one point, his nose lit up. Oh, wow. And, like, Clarice came with the singing animals. Hermie came with the, a dental book and dental supplies. Um wow. Santa came with a sack and hat, and Yukon Cornelius had ice picks and snowshoes, and the what? Bumbles got the star. The Bumbles furry, but he's still, like, hard and standable
1: okay mine are like the small rubber figurines like you'd get in a happy meal but it's everybody almost it's the train with the square wheels like most of these are there but
0: yeah. dolly and the spotted elephant they were the only misfit toys they
2: came as the accessories of Rudolph. okay I you think look like, or i something. should have taken them out but um my the Bumble has a star in his hand. It says, like, I think this is Happy New Year 2000. So oh, that wow. pretty much places where they are. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, these
0: were carded on, like, this was right at the height of, like, the Todd McFarling and adult collectible action figures <laughs> becoming a oh, big okay. thing. Um, so they were done kind
2: of that style.
1: That makes sense.
2: Now I want to see uh, uh the Bumble fight, the male Volja. <laughs>
1: Now I do too. Oh, <laughs> someone make that happen. Uh, but you can meet them at theme parks now. They're at any of the theme parks owned by SeaWorld, so that includes Bush Gardens and Sesame Place. But Burlives, we talked about him as the first Easter Rabbit and the Ewok adventure. I'm convinced Burlives should just narrate everything. They should have gotten the ghost of Burlives to narrate The Mandalorian. <laughs> It's weird to think of him narrating things as an afterthought, but originally Rudolph was supposed to be narrated by Larry Mann, who's the voice of Yukon Cornelius, but not as Yukon Cornelius. Apparently, he narrated in a Brooklyn accent. Can you imagine? <laughs> so, uh, time passes, yeah, and Rudolph was, here yeah, growing up, you know what I'm saying? Thankfully... Someone decided this special needed a celebrity face to present it, and Burr Lives it was, and now the snowman is multiple generations' first and sometimes only exposure to Burr Lives.
0: The New York accent you're talking, about, I could see that fitting well. You know, it opens with the black and white newspapers that could work, which is always okay. kind of weird to me. I remember as a young kid thinking, like, this isn't Rudolph every year when it would start with that, because <laughs> um, it's like live action black and white, right? And, but I could see it being like almost like a newsboy telling the story from the newspapers, I don't
1: know. It was I the worst snowstorm I ever saw. Yeah. <laughs> Just a <thought>. I <laughs> well, wonder if
0: thought, that's where they were going with
1: it. Okay. But Sam the Snowman immediately directs us to Santa's Castle, looking in hindsight like a cute mini Hogwarts, uh, and it's a playset you can buy now. In oh, cool. When we were watching tonight, I was thinking that would be a cool tour to have. Yeah, and so the the structure itself is a main hall, and upstairs is the one workshop room we see, and then above that is Santa and Mrs. Claus's bedroom, and there may queen sized bed. Guys, upgrade.
2: <laughs> no, Santa and Mrs. sleep in separate beds that are pushed next to each other.
1: You would think, but not in this set. <laughs> they were it, progressive sixties. I don't know. I'm busy, Mama. It's almost Christmas. Who ever heard of a skinny Santa? Eat! Eat! The voice of Santa is Stan Francis, a Canadian actor, and most of this cast except Burl Ives is Canadian. And Stan Francis is known for this and not much else, because he died two years later. But notably, he was also the voice of Geppetto in The New Adventures of Pinocchio, which was the first Rankin-Bass stop-motion thing.
2: Do you want to look at the cast right now, or just go through it, because...
1: I'm going to go through as we go.
2: Okay, because they all have something in common, other than being Canadian. They do. Or a lot of them do.
1: I'm about to get to that. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Claus, on the other hand, is Peg Dixon, who went on to be the voice of a bunch of well-known characters in the Spider-Man and Marvel superheroes animated series from the 60s. Are you ready for this list? Peg Dixon was the voice of Mary Jane Watson, Aunt May, Betty Brant, Martha Connors, who's Lizard's wife, uh, Wanda Maximoff, and Lady Dorma from the Submariner. And her Wikipedia entry lists a bunch of other Marvel characters that elsewhere were credited to Vita Linder who died in 1966, the year these ran, so maybe she took these over, but it's also like Pepper Potts and Jane Foster and Black Widow and the Wasp and Peggy Carter and Sharon Carter and Betty Ross from Hulk. So that's a yeah, huge resume.
2: Yeah, it seems like a lot of these, and I won't get to all of them, but a lot of them were in the the 60s Spider-Man, which, of course, everyone knows is the one that gave us the song there from the moms. Yes. <laughs>
1: The Marvel tie-in very strong here. It must have also been a Canadian production. Uh, Spider-Man mm-hmm. himself was voiced by Paul Souls, who's the voice of Hermie.
2: Which is crazy, because mm. I didn't know that. I, my favorite superhero was
1: Hermie. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, they're both such misfits. They are. Oh,
2: They are.
1: But it's Typical Hermie luck. Uh, but here Peg Dixon is Mrs. Claus with her eat, eat very Mediterranean but I can't decide from where but Joey, fun fact the first writer to give Santa Claus a wife was Philly native James Reese Philly has a very complicated relationship with Santa but moving on (laughs) Peg Dixon is also the voice of Mrs. Donner opposite Paul Kligman who voices all of the adult male reindeer including Comet and Clarice's father. He was a bunch of Marvel voices in those cartoons, too. So he was J. Jonah Jameson, and Harry Osborn, and Thunderbolt Ross, and the Red Skull. <laughs> Get me pictures. Pictures of Hermy, Pictures of Hermy. Rudolph, he's a menace. <laughs> well, Rudolph, our star in Menace, is voiced by Billy May Richards, and she was Rudolph in every Rankin' Bass special where he speaks... But we children of the 80s may also know her as the voice of Tenderheart Bear. (laughs) And this first scene shortly after Rudolph is born and just before Jingle, Jingle, Jingle.
0: You will hear my sleigh bells ring. I am old Kris Kringle. I'm the king of jingling.
1: Is our first instance of a running theme that many have pointed out as adults. But let's start now. Santa Claus in this special is a jerk.
0: It's such a dick. Like, <laughs> he threw out this whole thing. And it's not redeemable at the end to me. Like, I don't... He, I know he apologizes, but the whole time I'm just like, My gosh, you're supposed to be jolly and nice. Maybe he's just hangry.
2: Maybe Mrs. Claus is right. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that explains everything. He's
2: hangry. He's very stressed and distracted, too. Like, he doesn't care about the elf song. It's, it's, you know, the busiest time of year. He, he doesn't have time to apparently care about anything.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> Don't let everybody, anybody ever see this freak
0: of a kid you got.
1: Yeah, let's hope this no-stops that glowing thing if he wants to join my team. And then later, during the reindeer games, he straight up tells Donner, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Shut up, Santa. <laughs> One thing I didn't catch until recently, maybe until the last five years or so, but the music that's playing during the reindeer game scene is like, the da 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 I realized, wait a minute, that's rocking around the Christmas tree. It is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Did you catch that recently well, or as a kid?
2: It's just, like, subliminal. Like, you know it's there. Yeah. It doesn't, like, click. It's, like, you know, it's just there. Isn't it also in the um, opening credits
0: when they're doing, like, it might be. I think, be. I think so. Too. But, well, that was. Oh,
1: go ahead.
2: I own the soundtrack. I should have grabbed it and brought it uh, in here. But okay. I own the soundtrack. I, I could see how it's credited there.
1: Well, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree" was also written by Johnny Marks, so that's how yeah, it got into the go. special. He wrote all the music for this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but before that, we meet Herbie, the aspiring dentist, and the other elves, including his boss. What you don't like to make toys? No. Hermie doesn't like to make toys! Voiced by Carl Bannis, who's also the original voice of Sweetums from The Muppets. What? Yes. Hey, guys, I want to go to the North Pole. <laughs> Not that one. Sweetums had a voice that
2: wasn't the Muppeteer? That's
1: rare. Only in The Frog Prince. His first appearance was in that oh, Frog okay. Prince movie. Jerry Nelson was in the suit. Carl Bannis did the voice, and it was more of a grovelly, die, die. <laughs> Sweetums gonna hit
2: and smash Turtle, frog, froggy cash. Sweetums find that frog and match
1: Holly Wally, Froggy get mighty bash Before Richard Hunt really took over the character okay. And that's the Sweetums that we know and love and BUDDY! And, uh, okay So I need to talk about this head elf for a minute. There's this scene with the song, We Are Santa's Santa's Elves. elves, elves. Which, by the way, is often trimmed for TV and then starting in the 70s was cut entirely so they could make room for more commercials.
0: I'm glad I'd watch this on DVD (laughs) every year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm pretty sure the first time I saw this in the mid-80s, this scene was not in it. But anyway, the head elf has a completely different voice from when he's conducting his practice and when he's yelling at Hermie and the other elves.
0: Now let's try out the new elf song I wrote. And remember, it's for Santa.
1: Now, the Wikipedia
2: thinks he's doing it on purpose. Yeah! For like, he's being meek in front of Santa. But no, it's clearly that the that was cut in later by a different actor, and it was just sort of a, one of the, like, flukes of the production. Kind That's of.
1: what I think. And for years I thought that, and that was the first, hey, this is some kind of production screw-up. But Wikipedia and other sources are saying this was intentional. Because if you notice, he uses this meeker voice in front of Santa. So he's apparently only taking this softer persona in front of the boss I like how Wikipedia described it though, it's like a Bill Thompson-like voice Bill Thompson was the voice of Droopy Dog and Disney's version of the White Rabbit and Mr. Smee, so it's kind of that it's for Santa but more nasally than Smee or White Rabbit Uh, and then it describes his normal yelling voice when Santa's not around, it's similar to Yosemite Sam's (laughs) Which isn't wrong per se. It just doesn't have that twang to it. But now I kind of wish it did. It's Just like Hermie doesn't like to make toys.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, let me let me straighten you off top of my head. We've got
1: dolls that walk.
2: I'm not gonna get it. Talk, cry, and run a temperature. <laughs> we don't need any chewing dolls.
1: <laughs> I didn't get
2: it right. I got it like cheaper. I forget.
1: Walk, talk, cry, blink, and run a temperature. Okay. Yes. We so, got walking and talking, crying and blinking and running temperature dolls. We don't need any chewing ones, Marmin. That was really good.
0: I'm not even gonna try to do the voices. I can't compare to you.
1: Um <laughs> They sound worse when I play it back and I'm like, that sounds terrible. That sounded terrible.
2: Should I do my joker? That's the one that you all enjoy. Do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he doesn't like to make toys. <laughs> well, back to Santa being a jerk. This is my favorite instance of this because he has no time for this elf practice. Just...
0: Well, it needs work. I have to go. But, I mean, I'm kind of... With... This is the one thing where i in Santa because, really, what's the point of this whole thing other than to suck up to the boss? I mean,
1: who are they performing for? I mean, I guess Santa...
0: But if he doesn't care, why are they taking time out of making the toys to do
1: this? Right. Who else is there on Christmas Eve? The reindeer.
0: They don't care. Maybe. And, don't. I don't know. and these elves really need a union. That's what I said tonight <laughs> when we were watching it. Because, first of all, there's no dental or probably other health care either. Well, there is now. And, like, Herbie really should have let them fire him so he could get severance pay.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: Severance Pay is a wonderful thing. Like when he says, no, you can't fire me, I'll quit. I was like, no, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> well, back at the Reindeer Games, we meet Clarice, voiced by Janice Orenstein, who was 16 when this first aired. No credits on IMDb after this, and only a few before this, so she's also known for this special. But for the recording of her song, There's Always Tomorrow. There
2: tomorrow
1: for Come true. Believe your dreams, come what may. That's the first take. Wow. Ooh. She did record a few backup tracks, but from what I read, this the first take was the best one, so they went with that, and the recording engineers were blown away.
0: Yesterday at church, we were sitting at a different spot than normal, and the lady that was sitting next to us told my wife to You sound just like Clarice from Rudolph when you sing.
1: Really? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. The highest of compliments. See, she could record in the first take.
0: (laughs) She probably could. She's a very good singer.
1: Speaking of songs, our next one is Rudolph and Hermie being independent together and singing We're a Couple of Misfits. We're a couple of
2: misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we get in.
1: Unless you watched this on TV or taped it off the TV between around 1965 and 1997, in which case, you and I were treated to a completely different song called Fame and Fortune. Fame and Fortune,
2: Fame and Fortune, we're, we're up to six and now. Everyone can have them both.
1: Guys, remember this? Nope, I've read about it. I've watched a
2: little clip of it, but I do not. Oh, oh. Side note: My copy, the 50th anniversary episode or 50th anniversary edition, has a bonus feature that had like 50 different facts about Rudolph. So it did have that in there in the bonus.
1: (laughs) But just as a fact, just as part of a list.
2: Well, no, they were they were clips.
1: Oh, they did have the clips. Okay.
2: Yeah, they had a clip. Well, I mean, each fact had a little clip. It was like a 15 minute.
1: Okay,
2: a bonus feature, but it did have an important in there.
1: Um,
0: I didn't think I remembered this when you had mentioned it earlier. Um, like I said earlier, I think I since around the year two thousand, I've watched this on either DVD or Blu-ray every year. I've not watched it on TV, and so that's like got that's got we are we are a couple of misfits. And when you mentioned fame and fortune, I, was like, I don't know what that is. I don't remember that, but I had always watched it on TV. So when I was reading up when it was, I was like, well, it's definitely happening. So I looked it up on YouTube and I, this definitely rings a bell. I remember this, but I don't remember not having where just a couple of misfits. So, I mean, obviously I saw it with this instead of that, but just that I've watched it on the DVD so much that now I can't imagine it without the Misfits song.
1: Yeah, this is some form of Mandela effect because this is one I forgot about probably as soon as I got the special on DVD because by then where a couple of Misfits had been restored and it was a reprise of a song that we've already heard both of these guys sing earlier in the special. So it was never obvious to me that this was new to me. But then, as I read about it later, some articles on the internet talked about this lost song, Fame and Fortune. And, oh yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, I remembered the
0: animation from it more than the song itself. Like, when they're putting the log to go across, and the fish, and stuff like that.
1: Interesting bit is that in recent years, from 2005 onward, this special that airs on TV, as it airs on TV uses the Fame and Fortune animation sequence with a shortened version of the audio from we We're a Couple of Misfits, again, so they can fit in more commercial time. So I guess it syncs up well enough that no one notices. But you get that log saying now.
2: That ties in what I was going to say. That might make some sense. So one, it Fame and Fortune is not on the soundtrack, huh. which is another reason why I didn't know it, really. But something that's always bugged me about that, that might be why they did it. So yeah, in couple of misfits, there's a cut, and it's very noticeably... It, like, cuts half of the chorus, and it's just a weird audio cut to oh. me. It's, like, a pre-chorus. It jumps from... I mean, of it, it jumps mm. from we may be different from the rest to who decides the tests. So there's, like, two or three lyrics missing in there in that scene, hmm. and maybe that's why. But I always catch that because it's, it's very clearly a cut in the song.
1: When I can tell in more recent airings, I could tell where they cut to the end of it, and you see Hermie and Rudolph walking in the distance... That was a longer animation from the fame and fortune animation. So I think they kind of recorded them both together during the stop motion process. And it was just Mm -hmm. that part was scrapped and they redid it or something. Uh, Yeah, it's just a very strange form of Mandela effect where I forgot this, even though I watch it every year. And then the new thing came back and just Mm -hmm. replaced my memory but it's not long before we meet Yukon Cornelius voiced by Larry Mann I mentioned he almost narrated this whole thing in a Brooklyn accent and we also almost had a version of the next song Silver and Gold sung by Mann this time as Yukon Cornelius
2: that would be weird just such a sweet lovely song it is silver
0: and gold Silver and gold, everyone
2: wishes silver and gold. How do you measure its worth? And Yukon's voice doesn't really, you know.
0: Yeah, if Yukon Cornelius had sang this, I don't think it would have become the almost a standard that you hear like in malls and stuff, apart from the special,
1: right? Mm -hmm.
2: Gold and silver! Silver and gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an that's another reference we use all year round. Like if like, oh, oh,
1: oh, what came in the mail? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's another one I need to incorporate, but I
0: found a YouTube video of it's Yukon Cornelian the mushing scene on oh! loop for fifteen minutes.
2: <laughs> Perfect
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just
0: I kind of want to make that the into sleep. the Yule Log Instead of playing the Yule Log This year on the TV On Christmas
2: morning Just
0: play in that
2: That's why it exists wait, wait, Side note, the best one of those I saw recently Was right after Disney Plus launched You can watch Greedo saying McClunky for oh, no, <laughs> like 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs>
1: McClunky Utakuta Yukon <laughs> Yukon's my favorite. He's trying to get his sled dogs to mush, and finally gives up, takes the reins, and just pulls them all himself. <laughs> like this.
2: Yeah, I love this guy. I love that.
1: Too. And never complains about it.
2: And his dogs are such an adorable mix of dogs. Oh, actually, in that, the DVD extras also listed every type of dog he has. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't write them down. Yeah. He has a poodle in there for sure. Of
1: course he does. <laughs>
0: I've tried to pull off a Yukon Cornelius Halloween costume, but never start planning uh, far enough in advance. Next year. Yeah.
1: That's perfect, man. Just He knows a lost cause when he sees one and continues pulling everyone while they're outrunning the Bumble snow monster. Oh, we got to talk about Bumble. First impressions of Bumble as a kid.
2: He's mean, he's nasty, and he hates everything about Christmas.
0: <laughs> I could really watch the whole special take all the other characters off. Just give me Yukon and the Bumble. That's yes. all I really need. I And, want and Sam.
1: Yeah, give me like a prequel of <laughs> Yukon like exploring the Arctic and having to deal with Bumble. I want that now. Yeah. Uh, It'll be
2: like Solo.
1: There you go. A Rudolph story. <laughs> 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 but he's clearly inspired by king kong and i remember being more intrigued of him than afraid i mean he's terrifying and the music behind his roaring does so much to add that element of horror <laughs> but here's something i didn't know until today <clears throat> this according to tv tropes the roaring noises of the bumble were provided by pinto Colvig, the original voice of goofy Gosh, that's a range
2: Yeah,
0: you you mentioned him being inspired by King Kong, but the plush Bumble that I bought at CVS a few years ago looks so weird, and it definitely just looks like a white King Kong. Um, Oh yeah, even more so than Bumble already does. But it has it's definitely looks more like a gorilla than him. Like it does not have you know kind of the almost dome shaped neck and head. It doesn't really have a neck. Oh weird. Does it have teeth? It's Yeah, it's weird looking. I'll send you a picture.
1: Because I've seen him with or without teeth. In the theme parks when you meet Bumble, he's got teeth. So, continuity error, but whatever. (laughs) He has great dance moves. Dance moves? When I met Bumble, he was, like, dancing. And (laughs) better than I ever could. How big is
0: Bumble at Thinkberg? Is Pretty he just a normal human size? Or? I
1: mean, yeah, normal human size, but a tall, like a goofy size character. Is he character. like Sully at yeah. Disney World? Yes. big park arms. Um Bush Gardens is where I met him, but he's also yeah. at SeaWorld, and you can meet him at Sesame Place, I think. Because hmm. that's a SeaWorld Park too, so it's all of them. They have a deal with Rudolph, I guess. Uh, But Rudolph's nose keeps attracting the bumble, so they escape by chipping a block of ice and drifting out to sea to the island of misfit toys. And, okay. A
2: pack full of toys means a sack full of joys for millions of girls and for millions of boys. When Christmas Day is here, the most wonderful day of the year.
1: These misfit toys are cast aside by some dumb first world problems because no one wants to play with the Charlie in the box. That's ridiculous.
0: Especially Dolly, because you know the show never tells us what her problem is. Yeah. Um, but apparently, on wait, wait, don't tell me, you know, obviously much later, Rankin was on there and said that her problems were psychological. Yes, I knew from that. being. D- d- um, abandoned by her owner. So she's basically Jesse from Toy Story. Aww. Oh, wow, yeah.
1: Yeah, that interview, that wait, wait, what's it called?
0: Wait, wait, don't tell me.
1: That's it. <laughs> wait, wait, don't tell me. That's from 2007, so that's a fairly recent interview. but Yeah. That's pretty heavy by 1964 standards.
2: Wait, that's nothing to do with it.
1: Well, I always wanted a toy of the spotted
0: elephant. I always thought he was very cute. Like, most of the other ones, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I would not want them, not because they're Misfit Toys, just because I don't think they look that cool, but that one looks cool.
1: That one's great, but the way he phrases the question, how would you like to be a spotted elephant? I'd love to. Where do I sign (laughs) up? (laughs) Joey, do you have a favorite Misfit Toy? Um, I I do like the cowboy that
2: rides an ostrich. I like ostriches. They're cool. He's like in Joust, actually. (laughs) not
1: in (laughs) Joust they're faster than horses <laughs> my favorite's the water pistol that shoots jelly because instant snack gun <laughs> I feel like we almost got that with you remember zap it it was the ones yeah. that squirted colored water and then okay. it would disappear yeah oh my gosh <laughs> cause I'd be lying if I said I never put a squirt gun and just shot water in my mouth when I was <laughs> thirsty in the summer <laughs> Oh, here's yeah.
2: a note about the Misfit Toys from my wife. Oh? Um, she wants to know why the King Moon Racer makes them all live outside in the cold when he has a castle. You don't know that. It's also because the Spide Elephant works for him.
1: They could just be hanging out outside. Oh, you know what? No, because they have. maybe they were just camping out Christmas Eve. I don't know. Well, no, when you see them outside at when night, they it's Christmas back. Eve. Yeah. Yeah, and out- they're just outside during the day, but at night, when Rudolph and Hermie and Yukon stay in a house, so I imagine they have places to go and sleep. My
0: wife had a comment about um, King Moon Racer as Well, she said, "Why does he look like Saint Mark? Um, the I can, the you know, the symbol <laughs> for Saint Mark the Evangelist is always a winged lion.
1: <laughs> is he Aslan? Could be." He does. King Moonracer also Stan Francis, but with an echo, so he doesn't sound too much like Santa. Come closer. What do you desire? Ah, uh, but King Moonracer's deal is he flies across the Earth every night, searching for misfit toys no one wants, and brings them to the island. I want to know more about that. Give me a King Moonracer prequel. This guy Moonracer colon A. <laughs> a <laughs> This is how you develop a cinematic universe. (laughs)
0: RCU. Here we go. Well, which one is it? There's there's already the... um, Is it Christmas in July? Is that the one where it's basically like the Avengers of the Rankin-Bass universe where they bring in
2: (laughs) all the
1: ones? It is. Yeah. We're going to get to that in July, I I think. But... Dolly is voiced by Corinne Conley, who before this was the voice of Dorothy in rankin Bass's traditionally animated Tales of the Wizard of Oz. And Charlie in the Box was voiced by Alfie Scop, who was the Scarecrow in that. He's also the voice of Fireball in here. Uh, And he was also Canada's version, in Canada's version of the Howdy Doody show, he was Clarabelle the Clown. I didn't know Canada had its own Howdy Doody.
0: I don't know anybody from Howdy Doody other than Howdy Doody.
1: Clarabelle the Clown <laughs> is a mute clown. That honks. Oh, um, um, uh, clowns, he's Bobo. He's Bobbo from UHF. Uh, but yes, here's the point when Rudolph ditches his friends in the middle of the night because he doesn't want to endanger them by attracting the bumble with his nose and we get our montage of Rudolph growing up and here's where the passage of time becomes a bit murky. Because all we get from Sam is, well, time passes. But later, Santa informs us his parents and Clarice have been gone for months looking for him. So let's go with that. But in real life, reindeer start growing their first set of antlers around their second birthday and become mature at four to six years old. So at most, we may be looking at a two-year span. Well, we had already had a year pass from the time
0: he's born to when he's at the reindeer games.
1: Oh, that's right. So that could that
0: could make sense. Okay. I mean, I doubt they were really consulting reindeer biology when they made this. Um,
1: <laughs> well, they—I mean, they did. They looked at reindeer so they could get the animation <laughs> and the structure down. So we know they at least tried. They just didn't get as far as life cycle. <laughs> did they look at reindeer? Or did they look at pictures of reindeer? I mean, it said they observed reindeer in the wild. Oh, okay. Or film okay. it. I don't know. One of them. <laughs> we know what happened next. The showdown with the bumble that starts out looking like a squash match, or should I say, squash match?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Sam informs us he sent Yukon and Hermie right after Rudolph to the cave, and that's his only contribution to this story that otherwise doesn't involve him at all. <laughs> but Yukon and Hermie run in. They knock out Bumble and yank out all his teeth.
2: Oh, uh, right before that, by the way, oh. it happens off camera, but the Bumble smashing Rudolph on the head, It's yes! really violent. It and was. then
1: Clarice says, why doesn't he get it over with? <laughs> well, and yeah. they have like a shaking effect to the camera, too, just to. Yeah. You only see <laughs> that shaking effect there and when that head elf slams the door on Hermie. That's the only <laughs> time you really see that, I think.
2: Yeah, she's like, go ahead, monster. Eat my boyfriend and
1: just get me out of my misery. <laughs> well, she snatched, so. oh. she's next, so. She's trying to make it go quickly, but. Oh. But no, Yukon pushes them off a cliff and they both disappear till nightfall when Yukon oh. returns with the now tamed and toothless Bumble who can put the star on the top of the tree. And he doesn't even need a stepladder.
2: But but you went over the side of the cliff.
1: Didn't I ever tell you about Bumbles?
2: Bumbles bounce!
1: Bumbles bounce. Maybe that's what he was doing at the theme park when he was dancing, because it was kind of (laughs) bouncy. But it's Christmas Eve now, and Mrs. Claus is still trying to get Santa to eat. But he fattens up by that night. What did he eat? Oh,
2: I figured it out. I figured it out. He ate ding-dongs. Ding-dongs, man. (laughs) 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 Ding-dongs. It was like the fat video.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It all makes sense now. Because just hours before, when he's asking Rudolph that famous question.
0: Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight?
1: It will be an honor, sir. (laughs) Won't you guide my sleigh tonight? He's visibly too skinny for his own pants, so he's wearing suspenders. (laughs) Then we get Holly. I
0: just assume that the coat is very thick.
1: You would think that, but then immediately after Holly Jolly Christmas, Christmas it's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Santa's got a nice round belly immediately after.
2: And he's chuckling, right? He's like, he's trying it out. Now shake when you laugh.
1: That's my Santa. (laughs) And then that's it, after we see Santa keeping Rudolph's promise to stop by the Island of Misfit Toys. But that wasn't in the original special. They added that the following year after fans complained. That's why people think you can change a Star Wars movie by writing enough angry internet posts, because that worked once. (laughs) Uh, but I wonder how this worked without the
0: internet. Like, did people write letters about that?
1: I guess so. I mean, or I know that
0: there were letter-writing campaigns to save Star Trek and such around the same time. But still, like, that's one thing—saving a show. But writing, just say, like, "Hey, Santa, let these toys down." That seems, I don't know. The idea of firing off a tweet is one thing, but to actually like t- put pen to paper and pay for a stamp and go to the post office and mail it.
1: Never underestimate the power of an angry parent (laughs) in the 1960s.
2: (laughs) Well, this is where the alternate ending comes in, right?
1: Yes, so people were upset that they never actually showed Rudolph returning through the island. So when 1965 rolled around, we get that new fame and fortune song, and this scene at the end where the misfit toys are huddled around a fire... And then they see Santa come in. That's why Santa and Rudolph's dialogue is just repeated lines like, Well, let's be on our way. Okay, Rudolph, full power. <coughs> but, what <laughs> but what that scene replaces is the end of Yukon's arc. We've seen him toss his pickaxe and then lick it like he's got this whole special magic tongue powers. That can, detect, that can detect the presence of silver and gold but no when he does it at the North Pole he has struck a peppermint mine now
2: you see how it's done Wahoo!
0: peppermint
1: what I've been searching for all my life I've struck it rich I've got me a peppermint mine! Wahoo! And that's what he was truly looking for this entire time. They've added it back to some DVD releases, or as a bonus, I think. But I think I like the new ending better with the, with the mystery yeah. toys getting picked up.
2: So I did not remember this peppermint mine scene ever airing on TV, but when I watched my DVD, it's there. They put it in, and the the edition I have. Anniversary okay, so they like,
1: have it on yours. So. Yeah, but it's just...
0: I, it, I remember the peppermint thing. I don't know. I guess it's in the one I watch all the time.
1: Not on mine. I've never seen it until this year. Yeah, I didn't remember I did it. I guess I had it. I don't know. But it's, when you uh, said that, I was like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's on the internet archive version.
2: There's also a moment where the reindeer watch the sleigh fly away and Hermie like plops down and makes a snow angel too. Yes.
1: Mm, that,
2: I don't remember any of that, but I must have seen it because I watched my... DVD copy of it at some point in the last few years when I bought it. Hmm. I got it as a gift. But, so. huh. I didn't know there were so many different changes to this until we started talking about
1: it.
0: So many. Um, so this is like special edition type stuff. Which one have they put McClucky in?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it ends with our credits and then Santa has an elf on the sleigh with him. That we never talk about, but here he is giving each misfit toy an umbrella as they float down to their new home. That's one way to save time, I guess. But he doesn't give one to the bird that swims instead of flies. That's the <laughs> one who needs one.
0: They were, they were dropping him off on an island. He's going to in the water.
1: <laughs> and the cycle repeats. Well, folks, as for the rest of the story...
2: He went down and hid story.
1: Any final thoughts on Rudolph or anything else? Um. Well, we I forgot to mention
0: my favorite line when we were at that part, but uh, my favorite Yukon line is whenever he says, You have know, the dog as thick as peanut butter, and Hermie <laughs> oh, yeah. corrects me and says, You eat what you like, and I'll eat what I like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and either right before that or right after that, I think it's right before that, he's. Screaming silver! I thought you wanted gold. I changed my mind! Yeah. (laughs)
0: Third third spin-off I want is the Yukon and Hermie buddy adventure. Oh, man. (laughs) Just them bickering the whole time.
1: I want it live action, and I want it to be um, Channing Tatum and the other guy, Jonah Hill. I don't know which one would be Hermie.
2: Um, The remastered digital version came out in 2005, and watching it on DVD, it almost looks too cleaned up and bright. You know what I mean? I do.
1: I've seen a version of Snow White that's too cleaned up, and it looks terrible, and I feel like it was around that same time.
0: Yeah, they did that to Pinocchio really bad, too. Yeah.
2: Um, We didn't mention that Hermie is sometimes Herbie.
1: I don't hear it in the special. I feel like that's another thing that people don't remember right, but then Mm. they hear it. I think it's just a couple of these elves are trying to have weird accents or something, or they sound like they have a cold, but I've only ever heard Hermy.
2: I feel like once or twice it sounds like somebody says Herbie. Maybe they're the head elf.
1: He was originally supposed to be Herbie, I think. I think that's the story I heard.
2: And I have this in my notes. So I, I think I got this from the um, the bonus features on the DVD. Do you know whose costume was inspired by the head elf?
1: Buddies? Yup. Whoa. It was it like just... all the elves. And... Yeah, but no, it took me a second. I'm like, okay, he, he wears green and he's got the gold trim. Oh my goodness. Buddies wearing that same... Wow. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. now that I think about it, because at the end, Jovi has that same pink outfit. It's same shape and everything, and the, and the same little pointed-up boots. So, yeah, that makes absolutely perfect sense.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite things about Elf is how it's so clearly inspired by this special, and just bringing that all into live action. <laughs> I don't know. I just love it. Um, I actually wanted to ask y'all if y'all have heard of a book... Uh, this is kind of about Rankin-Bass in general, not just Rudolph, but since Rudolph is kind of the crown jewel, in my opinion, of the Rankin-Bass world called oh, yeah. the Enchanted World of Rankin-Bass, a portfolio. No. Okay. So apparently it came out over 20 years ago, and I had never heard of it before. I missed Dragon Con for the first time this decade, this past year we didn't go, and I was torturing myself by looking at the schedule and seeing what was going to be there. And they had the guy who wrote this book there doing a panel on Rankin Bass. Oh, wow. So I had looked at the book then and you could find used copies of it on Amazon for, you know, 30 to $40, which seems pretty reasonable for this kind of book. Yeah. Um, but then when it got a little bit closer to Christmas and I went to actually buy a copy of it, um, they were over $150 used on Amazon Ooh, but nice. in looking for it today i found in one of the amazon reviews people saying that apparently you can get a 20th anniversary edition of the book from the book's website miserbros.com. <laughs> 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 and they have lots of Rankin bass merchandise on here that i've never seen before like a t-shirt with the production logo um but anyway they had this book on here and like the guy it's it's kind of like the uh, it, I think it's kind of like, um, without even a look inside of it, kind of similar to the like Star Wars visual dictionaries or those okay. kinds of books, um, but with all the Rink and Bass Christmas specials. Um, Mike, this definitely seems like something you need. It sounds like us.
1: it. Yeah. Well, I'll close with a story of a couple of st- the stop motion figures themselves. Originally, they weren't handled with the thought of preserving them. According oh. to another book on the making of just this special rankin and bass didn't know how big rudolph would be so nine of the figures were given to a secretary who gave them to members of her family and most of them were just discarded but an original santa well-fed santa in his (laughs) red suit uh, and the young rudolph model from the reindeer games turned up in 2005 on an episode of antiques roadshow so this secretary's nephew found them in an attic. The rest had melted in the hot attic. But Rudolph and Santa survived, so he brought them to the show and they were praised for a minimum of $8,000. They were later sold at an undisclosed price and restored and have since shown up at conventions. So that may or may not have been at that Dragon Con. But happy ending at least for Rudolph and Santa.
0: That really explains why, as they make these sequels, like the models, like the character designs change mm-hmm. su- in, subtly in, for some characters, like Rudolph, but pretty drastically for others from special to special.
2: Uh, when we were talking about Santa being a jerk, the, the most jerkiest line in the whole thing is another one I also reference sometimes, totally ironically, which is where um, it says, No, this is man's work.
1: Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> for sexist it
2: Yeah, is. I I had some notes about the nope. sexism too. There's that part. Hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, wait, That's a Donner line that Burl Ives is saying.
2: I know. I'm saying like oh. it ties in with other characters being jerks. Okay. Yeah. Donner is a jerk in this too. And him, he Burl is. Ives, like after after the fight
0: with the bumble, they're like, well, Rudolph and Donner knew that it was best to get the women home. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> the 1960s, everyone. yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm always thinking like you know those special you look you couldn't those those are the lines that very much date it to the '60s. The rest yeah. of the time you can put it any kind between the '60s and the '80s, kind of. And they were making all this stuff, but that that part, that and the
2: female elves' mini skirts.
1: Yeah, you, and you know <laughs> these things aren't going to hold up, and you can't expect them to. But
2: also, yeah. there was a apparently a terrible video game of Rudolph that came out in 2010 for the Wii and the DS that got terrible reviews from IGN and was just a bad video game, says the internet.
1: Well, it was a Wii game, and there were a lot of those and not enough good ones. Well, if people want to keep you from melting Forgotten in the Attic, where can they find you, Brandon?
2: I'm on Twitter at BrandNed. And Joey i'm on twitter at i'm gonna dj 24 you can hear me on why not radio and we are just about to start our year-end countdown uh around new year's uh monday tuesday and then thursday friday oh yes the top
1: 219
2: songs of 2019 oh wow
1: i forget that you had to do like 200 and that's a lot we have to because we're masochists (laughs) oh god speed And as always, you can see show notes at adventcalendar.house. Come say hi to me on Twitter at AdventCalHouse. Thank you so much for following along this December, and thank you too, as always. You're welcome. (laughs) Merry Christmas! (laughs) Uh, We'll be back July 1st for the second half of this season as we count down to Christmas in July. But look out for us a bit sooner than that. For now, for Joey Owen, Brandon Medley... From the northernmost dentist's office in the world, this is Mike Westfall saying, careful of that icy patch, and only one more sleep till Christmas. I'm gonna go get something to eat and gain a hundred pounds. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>
0: Merry Christmas! Merry!
1: The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, located conveniently at Christmaspodcastnetwork.com.
2: Hello, this is Todd Killiam from the Christmas Clatter Podcast. What makes Christmas special to you? Is it the movies or the music, the food or family, the gifts or decorations? Maybe those quiet moments of reflection? Whatever it is, join me for Christmas Clatter, a monthly podcast dedicated to everything that makes Christmas special. Visit christmasclatter.com for all social media links and find Christmas Clatter podcast on all podcast apps. Thank you. And remember, keep Christmas hope alive every day.